Welcome to the Self-Care Project podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. As coaches, moms, and athletes, we share what has worked for us and our clients, as well as our struggles. We are passionate about being real as women, moms, and professionals, and helping others live healthy lives through sustainable habits. Our mission is to help more people see self-care is not selfish. How many of you have been in a workout program, you've been killing it at the gym, and then you go step on that scale and that number goes up and that can be really discouraging. Yeah. And so let's start with the fact that many actually will experience some weight gain when they start to exercise. And it it's completely normal in I would say like probably 95% of the cases. There's a few outlying ones where there could be something else going on. But there but there's it's important to understand that there's reasons why it happens. And, um, and just like you said, not getting focused initially on that scale. And, you know, you guys, you know, we tell you all the time, it's like, you know, this, we, we stay off the scale a lot. Like I don't get on it very often, um, but there are a few things that can cause that initial uptake, uptick and weight. Uh, and for one it's exercise is putting stress on your body and it's putting stress on your muscle fibers and that stress as you start to exercise, uh, Canon is causing little small tears, which can lead to some inflammation, which can cause an increase in weight when you're first getting started. And oftentimes it really can be just as simple as it's just some water retention. You're not, you're not gaining fat. You're not really gaining pounds if, when you start to work out. So if that, if that has been your experience, or maybe it is your experience right now, you guys, we just rolled into March. So if you're still on that resolution train and you're still you know, killing it at the gym and doing that kind of stuff. Don't get, don't get so stressed out about what the scale is saying. This is where we talk about how do you, how do you feel? How do you look when you're in the mirror? How are your clothes fitting? That's a really big, those are the things we really want to focus more on because you want, we want to remember to stick to what it is that we've learned. And in this particular scenario, it is very, very likely that that weight gain is completely temporary. Right. Exactly. And, you know, this is why I encourage all of my clients when I'm, especially when I'm working with um, nutrition clients who have a exercise program already going on, that they are taking progress photos, that they are tracking, you know, how, what their, like what their progress is in the gym. But sometimes it is more than that. And sometimes we kind of fall into this trap where we (laughs) overestimate how much we're burning, underestimate how much we're consuming. And I'll be honest, if you're using an Apple watch or a Garmin to determine how many calories you've burned, and then you're eating them back, you may be overestimating calories burned because those devices are notoriously inaccurate and underestimating the amount of food that you're eating. And listen, we're going to be more hungry when we start to work out. Like that's just, your body is, is expending more energy and you're going to want to eat more, but you cannot outrun your fork. You can't out exercise that. So you have to be mindful that, you know, intuitive eating is a huge buzzword right now, but if you have some goals that were, that are going to, that include fat loss, then eating intuitively when you start a new program may not actually get you to where you need to go. Right. Um, and making sure that you're not, um, like tracking those things. So it, 
not outrunning your fork, right? All that means is that you can't exercise your way out of a poor diet. It may be time to look a little more closely at what you're eating and how much you, and just because you may be feeling more hungry when you're working out. So if you weren't tracking those calories in the beginning, you didn't know where you were at to maintain the current weight that you were at. Um, now's a great time to just really kind of start digging in for that. Um, the other thing to think about here, the other thing to consider is metabolic downregulation. And I know that that's kind of like a, that's a, that's a big fancy word, right? Um, it's a it nerdy is, word. It's a nerdy word, um, <laughs> but it's, it actually is a thing. And so um, uh, this could happen one of two ways, right? When you're doing cardio, you're getting more efficient and like being on this marathon training program, it's absolutely what I'm trying to get my body to do. Right. So I am trying to get my body. I'm doing long periods of exercise running specifically to get my heart rate lower so that I can sustain that exercise for longer periods of time. And what that means when my heart rate is lower is that my body is learning to work more efficiently. My body is learning to work less hard during that exercise. Right. And so that means that I'm burning less calories, which is sounds counterintuitive, right. But I'm not running to burn calories. I'm not running to manage my weight. I'm running because I enjoy it. Right. Um, but you're getting more efficient when you do those things. So you have to keep in mind that the same exercise that was burning, you know, a thousand calories for your, the time that you were doing it, when you first started, you may be burning six or 500 calories now. And when you're a veteran, like I've been teaching spin class for 15 years, I used to burn over a thousand calories teaching spin class. Like I was, I was on it. <laughs> and now I'm lucky to burn 400 calories for hour long spin class, just because I've been doing it. Everybody wants to know, like, how can you talk the whole time you're doing that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> because, because my body has gotten used to doing that. Um, but this also means that you may be sitting more than what you normally would. So if you go out for a run and then you come home and you're tired and instead of moving around the house and walking and doing all those things that you sit down and you are more relaxed, then that absolutely could impact how many calories you're burning throughout the day. And that's just that, um, that's that non-exercise activity, right? That neat, mm -hmm. uh, that's really important because that really does make up the vast majority of the calories that you're burning throughout the day, your, your regular metabolic rate that out of all the calories that you burn out of the day, that, that takes up the majority of the, the exercise that you're doing is really just a very minuscule part of that equation, but you start to move less, right? Because for the rest of the day, and then you tend to eat more. And so this can actually kind of derail your progress. If you're just being intuitive, right? You're not putting any other ways to track this in, in your system. Right. And this is how tracking your daily steps can help you stay active for sure. So we're actually going to talk about, um, six ways that we think might actually help you prevent this from happening. Um, and the first one really is just to be realistic about how many calories you're actually burning. Activity trackers are noto notoriously wrong and you should be tracking your steps to make sure that you're your activity for the day is not decreasing because of it's, you know, you're exercising more that day or doing something like that. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we understand tracking across the board and, you know, so not only are we going to want to track our activity and we should 
you know, on some level, we need to really understand what it is that we're doing. Because like you said, we are, we tend to grossly overestimate how much we're exercising and not even that, but realistically how much, how many calories our body is burning, right? Because we're talking energy in, energy out. And then grossly underestimating how much we are actually eating because especially if you're not preparing your food at home, you have no idea. Like you really don't have any idea. You don't know how that food is being prepared or anything of the sort. And so it's really important. And so tracking what you are actually eating is also going to be critically important and it's, and it needs to be as accurate as possible. I mean, there's just, if you're trying to, I want to make sure we set a real, realistic expectation for this because we don't need to be and we don't want to be obsessive because when you hit that obsessive level and now you're like, you're, you've created this, you know, this anxious thing in your life where you're like, I, I have to write everything down. I have to log every single thing and you become obsessive about it and you start stressing about it. That's counterintuitive too, for what we're trying to do. Like right. this process should not add an unhealthy stress to your life. This should not add an unhealthy mental load to your life. So it is most doubtably, it is finding ways to track being as accurate as you can. Um, but doing it in a very manageable, sustainable, healthy way without, you know, it almost becomes to be like, I've had clients that they're literally like, I can't, like, I can't do it because they've become, they've become so obsessed with it in the past that we've just had to find other ways in a more mindful, intentional way versus this obsessive, you know, weighing everything down to, you know, like the, whatever it is, you know, right. It just, it just is, it just has to be balanced when it comes to this kind of stuff. Right. And I think that's, you know, you really have to think about um, that. This is a short term thing. And that's something that um, in, I have a macros course online. Right. And that's one thing that we talk about is that you really need to remember that this is a short term thing. This is not tracking your food and measuring your food all the way down to the gram for the rest of your life, that this is literally should be in somewhere between 10 to 12 week increments, right? That's long mm -hmm. enough to be able to give you a lot of insight into what you're doing and maybe why, you know, to be able to see patterns and things like that. And that, and that is all this is, this is taking a closer look for a short period of time. It is when we, when we fail to pull out of that, because we're not consistent, because we we're not consistent. We don't reach our goals, right? That we continue to be in this cycle of dieting, like getting on the wagon, getting off the wagon, getting on the wagon, getting off the wagon, right? Um, all right, Casey, what was number three? Let's talk about this one. All right, so number three is again, staying hydrated, you guys. And we, hello, I mean, I don't even know how many times at this point that we've talked about the importance of water and hydration and all of these things. And not only does this help with your performance, but it helps get things moving, right? Water is super important for your digestive health. That is something else that you will might see a change in as you start to exercise. So it's just becoming more intuitive with your body, paying attention to what your body's doing. But one of the things too, where water becomes, just to give you guys a little bit of a nugget without going too nerdy on you, is to understand that um, water is one that can impact our, our ghrelin levels and have a huge impact on our hunger. And so for those of you who are like, what the heck is ghrelin? Um, Ghrelin has, has been something that's been coined our hunger hormone. 
it's actually primarily produced in the stomach. So it gets stimulated as our stomach empties. So it's what tells our brain, hey, I'm kind of getting empty down here. I'm kind of getting, I'm starting to get hungry. You know, you need to start thinking about feeding me. And it's what we tend to do is when we run into situations where we're ignoring that signal because our body starts to signal us well before we get to the hangry stage. Okay. So, but it's when we ignore that or we haven't planned and we're not in a, we're not in a place or in a position or situation where we can address it right then. And we kind of go a little too long. I feel like everybody knows what I'm talking about. Then all sensibility of food choices goes out the window because at that point right. we are starving. You should never get to the point in your day where you are starving. Okay. So if you can't, even if you can't always take food with you, you should always have water. You should Absolutely. always have water because when we are hydrated, our hunger and our hunger hormone is better regulated and it gives us the ability to make better choices. Exactly. All right. So Casey, you just covered number three, staying hydrated and number four, planning ahead. Don't ever walk into a situation. I know, right? You just roll. See, this is what, I'm sorry. what happens. It's okay. Um, that's exactly where we needed to go. But making sure that you plan ahead. I try to keep some kind of protein bar or something in my desk, in my car. Like there is no place. I swear that I was probably reincarnated from somebody who was born during a major depression. <laughs> somebody who was on the Oregon Trail because um starving to death because i i can i cannot be hungry like it's just not um i need to have food and if i don't i'm going to make really bad choices like eating a bag of york peppermint patties um but this kind of leads me into the next thing which is um number 5 which is avoid earning your food and you know you guys i work with a lot of military clients who are trying to be a certain weight or to be a certain size in order to meet physical requirements for the military right and so what i have done you know you see a lot of these people they're reading all this stuff on instagram or um googling things finding stuff on pinterest and it talks about all this cardio and everything else um what we what i encourage them to think about is that using your exercise for performance we we want to use our strength training to get stronger right and focus on that we want to use our cardio as intentional cardio so if you in the military, they have to run, bike, or swim, right, for their physical test. So for these people, I'm encouraging them to only do cardio that helps them reach that goal, right? We're not doing cardio to burn calories. Does does cardio, does exercising burn calories? Absolutely. But we're going to worry about the calories just in our diet. Um, and, you know, that's part of it is like, is earning your food. You want to do all of this cardio or all of this exercise to earn your food. Um, and I, I'm guilty. We've we've all done it. We've all gone through the turkey burn. I have hosted turkey burns. I, I think they're a lot of fun. I like to exercise. It's, you know, whatever. Um, but we when we move our focus on food around choosing it to eat for performance as opposed to um just trying to burn off those calories, then it changes not only how we are looking at our bodies, but it also changes our performance. And it really does change your composition. Um, you, you will find that you will choose different things 
if your focus is on performance than if your focus was just on doing without things so that you can lose weight, right? So just that, um, what I need a word, Casey, um, just restricting, right? So it's not just about restricting us. What can you add in to make you stronger, to make you faster, right? And, and I think that kind of changes that mindset around food is fuel, right? And we are eating to fuel what it is that we are doing. So maybe eating that Popeye's chicken sandwich isn't really fueling your run, right? Or maybe it is, maybe it is. If you're going to have it, if you're going to have it, put it around, put it around your workouts, right? So use it. Um, but it's not, it's a difference between, you know, earning your food, like working out for hours at a time to earn some food versus, you know, putting that food around your workouts to, to fuel your performance. I absolutely will have a donut before I run. It just is. <laughs> Listen, you're going to burn off all of that sugar too. So, and it's, uh, right. but, and that's what our body wants to use for energy. That is our body. That is, you know, carbohydrates is what our body likes to use. Cause it is the easiest for our bodies to burn and get readily accessible energy. Yes. And, you know, I can remember when I was a lot younger, um, saying things like, oh, I work out so I can eat whatever I want. Right. And then I got to this point in my journey where I was like, right. But working out and not seeing any results is really dumb and it's really frustrating. And so really I, it started being like, okay, now I work out to be able to perform a certain way to be able to lift and to be able to be strong and all of these things. And so that's like when the, when we understand and we're able to let go of some of that distorted body image issue that we have, we're able to move into more of a performance-based, I'm going to do this because my body is amazing and I can freaking do it. And there's people that can't, and I'm not going to waste my body's ability because I'm over here punishing myself and burning out on the stinking treadmill or the elliptical, because I'm trying to burn off that cookie that I had. You know, I can remember right. in, in college, my professor being like, if you're trying like on average, right. At least for me too, depending on weight, you know, about a hundred, hundred ish calories per mile is about kind of what people will burn, give or take. And he's like, so if you eat a 300 calorie cookie, he's like, you're going to go run three miles just to burn off that, that cookie. He's like, you're not going to do that. That's not sustainable. So if you look at it that way and it's like, no, and you can't burn off everything that you consume because your body, we, you mentioned basal met metabolic rate earlier, your body actually just needs calories to function. Your organs right. need calories to do what they need to do for you to live. So it's just changing that mindset. Um, but the last thing that we want to talk about is we're talking about calories and we're talking out about food. We cannot forget those liquid calories. So if there are ways that you can change the flavor of your water that doesn't impact its caloric values, right? Cause water doesn't have any, doesn't have any, but it's really important that you are tracking what you are drinking because those little hidden calories can add up really, really quick. And especially if you are having drinks out, if you are having, you know, if they're alcoholic beverages and you're having mixed drinks and different things like that, again, not really knowing how it's specifically being prepared or what they're putting in it, 
uh, it gets that those extra calories can add up really, really quick. And so you want to make sure that you are accounting for all of it. And it's not that you can't have it. You just have to account for it. You can't say, okay, well here I've eaten all my calories, but then negated to account for, you know, the sweet tea that you had, or right. maybe you're a soda drinker or whatever it is, you have to account for all of it. So if you've not been doing that, um, it may be that simple tweak where you can, maybe that's a really simple thing that's going to help, you know, kind of tweak the scale in your favor. If it's not something that's been um, sort of in your, in your, in your tracking or in your thought process prior to prior to now, but just making sure that you really watch um, not only what you're chewing, but what you're drinking. Right. And the, one of the big things that, um, that I really talk to a lot of my sailors about is how, you know, they all come in on the first day and everybody's up, uh, you know, a lot earlier than they normally would be. And they come in with their monsters and they come in with <laughs> frappuccinos and all this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, turn the bottle around guys, turn the can around, look at it. And you know, the big thing that can really get a lot of people is not only does what you're drinking have a lot of calories in it, that monster or that, um, regular Coke or anything else has so many calories in it that it takes the place of an entire snack or sometimes an entire mm -hmm. meal. And what gets a lot of people here in Japan is that when you look at the back of a label, you're like, Oh, it only has 40 calories in it. It's like, uh, but does it, have you actually looked at the serving size? Have you looked at how many <laughs> in it? Because I know it's all in Japanese and you can't read it, but what you need to think about is my <laughs> microphone just went like push, but, um, so the big thing is, is just understanding that serving size because it doesn't, it's like all the serving sizes for the, the things here in Japan, like they get these, you know, like Japan's really famous for their hot Georgia coffee, right? They had vending machines with like actual hot drinks in them. Um, so for, for those, like you're, it's all day, it's going to happen. <laughs> so for, for those, the big thing is that, you know, you're looking at a hundred milliliters as opposed to um, the entire container. Right. And they're, yeah. they're not reading that. They're like, okay, well uh, now how many milliliters are in that? If you have 350 milliliters, go ahead and multiply that number times 3.5, because they are only basing that on hundred milliliters, which is crazy that they don't just put how much is in the can, but that's how a lot of things there are done. Um, or here, <laughs> it really just is interesting to have people have like to see how they're, mindset around that changes as you move on. And this is not even talking about the things that don't actually have nutrition labels on them, because have, has anybody ever looked up how much is in a caramel frappuccino? Like it's, it's a lot. And, it's a lot. and you're putting, I, I, I love sugar, right? I start <laughs> marathon training. And the first thing I buy when I start marathon training is a big bag of Starburst jelly beans. And so I'm, I'm not going to knock sugar right? I think there's, you can use it simple sugars, mm -hmm. right? Especially if you're an endurance athlete, um, there is a place for that, right? Um, but you just really have to be mindful of how much of that you're consuming because it really does add up. And that's where we go back to that, you know, making sure that you are tracking what you're eating. If your weight starts to get out of control, the only way you know how to how to fix the problem is to know what you're actually doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you can make anything 
in the grand scheme of things, you can nearly make anything work for you. Now, if you're if your body isn't tolerating something that you're eating, that's a completely different conversation. But if you are utilizing the calories efficiently, there's not really much reason to feel like that you have to be super restrictive on things. I mean, there, there are different quality of calories out there. Like we can't, we can't sit here and pretend like that all calories are created equal because they are not, not. (laughs) you know, but like, like you're saying, I mean, like people tend to, when we get in this mindset of like that, we're, we're, exercising to earn something or we're exercising so that we can eat this or exercising so that we can go out and blow it. And, you know, and, you know, we could have a whole different thing when we talk about cheat meals and cheat days and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just creating intentional steps to help us hit those goals. And so hopefully what some of this that we've shared today has been helpful for people, especially if you're in this spot right now where you're, maybe you're having some weight gain and you're just not sure. And you're getting frustrated with the process. Like my first recommendation is going to be stay the heck off of the scale. Like that number does not reflect your performance. That that number does not reflect your progress. The things that you are gaining by mindful eating and being in the gym and working out, those things are not reflected on a scale. So don't get too bogged down with the weight. Right. It is one tool in your toolbox. So really quick, just to kind of go back, um, the six ways to help you were to be realistic about how many calories you're actually burning, track what you're actually eating, stay hydrated, plan ahead, avoid trying to earn your food and watch out for those liquid calories. If you guys have questions about this, make sure you reach out to us. You can reach out, um, on Instagram, you can email us either way. Uh, we definitely love coming out and sharing some of this stuff and hope this was helpful for you guys. All right. Till next time. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Check the show notes for details. And as always, you can connect with us on Instagram at self-care project podcast. If you're interested in joining us or there's something you want to hear about, please send us a DM. You can find me at caseystevens.com or on Instagram at caseystevenswellness. You can find me at stacygartner.com or on Instagram at stacygartner. Everything else is linked in the show notes. Take care and stay healthy, you guys.